Hello and welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study where tonight we're coming to you live via remote from Pomona, California. My producer, director, Jim Sheridan and I made a lap down in our roadsters to the Grand National Roaster Show, which is going on this weekend. If there's anybody in the area that wants to come on by, we'll be roaming around as usual on Saturday. It'd be great to see you. So without any further ado, let's open with prayer. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. I pray that you send your Holy Spirit upon me so you can use me as your instrument and keep me out of the way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, tonight we are in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at the 25th verse, where it says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body, more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory has not, was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that all these things, that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, the plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. All right, let's let's see what God has to say to us here. Verse 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Don't be consumed about these things. What you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? You know, if either of these things become, come between you or me, for that instance, um, and God, that, like anything that comes between us and God, is an idol. And that's all Jesus is saying here. He says, don't worry about it. Don't do stuff like saying, Ah, oh, gee, I can't go and work the usher crew at church this morning because the Golden Corral has a really neat buffet this morning, and I don't want to miss that. 
or I can't go to church because I'm not wearing the right clothes. One of the uh, only, I shouldn't say one of the only, but one of the Sunday school lessons that stuck with me when I was probably about eight years old was one of the group of kids who were down surfing talked about this. A group of kids going surfing, and one boy said, you know, we got to go to church. And the other said, no, we don't have the right clothes or anything like that. And it showed an illustration of this boy in his swim trunks and a T-shirt going in and sitting in the back of the church to worship. Hey, you know what? Everybody should be welcome, no matter what. You don't have to worry about your food. Don't have to worry about your clothing. Verse 26 is, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Now, Jesus isn't saying here, sit on your can and don't do anything. But what he is saying about this is don't worry about it. Prepare as you ought. But again, don't have that come between you and God. Don't have that be an idol. Don't go into it. And, and again, most importantly, uh, you don't want these things to affect relationships. Reflect relationships with your friends, your family, or most of all, God. Don't be as I have been. When I was younger, I took pride in working John Martin half days, which were 12 hours. Well, you know, that leads into 14, and the next thing you know, you're not spending much time with your family. I don't recommend it. Okay, now, verse 27 says, Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? A cubit is from here to here. That's what a cubit is, okay? So, it also means here is, who can add a minute to your life by worry. You know, if you really get down to it, both things, both things uh, take away time. You know, take away, take away your stature. Worry wears you out. And same, same with uh, worry, you know, it, it wears you out again, uh, not only physically, but mentally and spiritually as well. Okay. 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Okay, let's take a look at Solomon. Interesting guy. I'm going to be looking in First Kings. Sure we are. If I get there, yeah. First Kings 3. Verses 5 through 14. You know, Solomon was the son of David. Okay. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what you shall, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on the throne, as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people 
that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for a long life for yourself, nor asked for riches for yourself, nor have asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your as uh, your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall anyone arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor. So these shall not be, there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And this is just saying Solomon was really blessed. And he, he did. He had riches untold. He also did some stupid stuff and married a bunch, bunch of women for political reasons and other reasons. But anyway, he was arrayed in much splendor. And what does Jesus say about that? You know, there, Solomon didn't have, was not arrayed any way close to the lilies of the field. Verse 30. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O little, you of little faith? We've heard this, O ye of little faith. We've heard this before. Spurgeon talks about it this way. Little faith is not a little fault, for greatly wrongs the Lord, and sadly grieves the fretful mind, our own fretful mind. To think that the Lord who clothes the lilies will leave his own children naked is shameful. Oh, little faith, learn better manners. That's a good way to put it. All right. Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Well, I don't know about... There might be somebody who is of Jewish descent listening to this. Matter of fact, I think, yeah, I know of a couple. Okay. I would be considered a Gentile. So I'd go after these now, pretty much what Jesus is talking about. Those who do not know God, do not believe in a loving and generous Father. Okay, For your Father, your Heavenly Father, knows that you need all these things. But seek first, and I think you've heard this before, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. This is the key, the key verse out of this whole thing. Seek first the kingdom of God. You replace worry with seeking God. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The Message Bible puts it this way. Give your attention to God. Pardon me, give your attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. This is a big deal. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. We all have a tendency, especially if you're built like I am, to be concerned about these things. Oh, I'm not worried. I'm just concerned. Well, <laughs> when we, it's a lot of times we give it over to God and say, Lord, it's all yours. And what do we do? 
take it back. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Turn it over to him. Now, we go into chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not that you not you be not judged. Boy, how many times have you heard this misquoted? It's generally by people who have been doing things that are wrong. You know, I've heard politicians say, well, the Bible I read says he is without sin, cast the first stone. Of course, they don't go far enough to say, after that, Jesus said, go and sin no more. Okay. Or they also say this same thing, judge not lest ye be judged. You know, don't, don't judge me, you know, because Bible says you shouldn't. Wait a minute. It says, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it will be measured back to you. We should first look at ourselves and see our own sin. And as uh, Luther was quoted as saying, put the best construction on everything. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. You know what this is? This is an exaggeration to show up, show how absolutely absurd it is to point out sins of others when we are deep in sin as well. You know, how do we call somebody out on sin when our life is full of it? No, okay. Verse 5 says, hypocrite. You know, we talked about that last week. means actor. First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, is Jesus saying that it is wrong to point out sin? Absolutely not. Let's look at 2 Samuel 12, verses 1. I'll start in the, first, in the first verse. 2 Samuel, where am I? There we go. 12. Where it says, Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. But the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished, and it grew up together with him and his children. It ate of his own food and drank of his own cup and lay at his bosom, and it was like a daughter. And the traveler came to the rich man, who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the, way the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, that man who has done this shall surely die. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Nathan called him out on his sin with Bathsheba. That's a, actually, if you want to read all of Second Samuel there, it's a pretty interesting deal. But that's the deal. No, it's not wrong to point out sin. You know, I need correction. I think we all need correction at a time or another. But again, it's not saying neener, neener, neener 
look at what you got going, you know. Just don't overlook your own sin. Verse 6 says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before the swine. Something of great value, right? You don't throw it in front of pigs. Unless they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, the, the Jewish folks that Jesus is speaking to would certainly understand this because both dogs and pigs were considered to be unclean. So again, this is, this is a big exaggeration. You would not be doing these things. And so, yes, they would have understood that. Uh, let's look at Acts chapter 14, verse 45, where it says, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Guess what? If, you're, if you reject it, you don't give this to people. It's just as when Jesus sent the disciples out. Right? To preach the gospel. He said, if you're not accepted in that town, what do you do? Shake the dust off your feet? Split. But don't not go. How's that? And you know what? Tonight we finished up quite a bit early. Again, we're, we're losing light and everything else around here. I pray that everybody's having a real blessed week this week. Sorry for a bit of the abbreviation, but, uh, you know, sometimes it just works that way. So, yeah, besides, we have to go to Golden Corral. They're having a buffet, <laughs> says Jim. Uh, anyway, I want to say again that I am just so blessed that you're watching this broadcast. I pray that it is as much a blessing to you as it is to me to have to present it. Uh, I continue to hold you all up in prayer that the Lord bless you and keep you and that the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>